of Us season one is over. It's over. Uh, were you looking for the light? I hope you found it because uh, we're done. We're done here. The end. That's the end of the podcast. Bye. Just kidding. Uh, I am Brooklyn Zed. Hello, everybody. I'm here with my co-host, Jess Sterling, to cover the final episode of season one of The Last of Us, Look for the Light. Jess, how are you? Um, I've been devastated for like a week now, but that's okay. I'm recovering <laughs> from the emotional turmoil that was uh, this final episode and this final playthrough. Yeah, uh, I think for me, I certainly felt it here uh, more certainly than any other week that playing the game first definitely means that the game has greater impact for me. Yeah, because uh, I knew where the end of the episode was coming. Whereas I didn't know exactly where the end of the game was coming. And I was, I didn't realize it was about to be over. I think I, on my stream, went and got a snack about mm, 15 minutes before I was done. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that I was that close to being finished. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, see ya. Yeah, I do think I had a little bit of a leg up um, this week in terms of knowing what to expect. Um, But I also think having watched the episode first, I was more nervous than I've ever been to play the game um, because watching Joel just take out all these fireflies in that hospital was I was like I'm gonna have to be Joel and do all that and that looks like a lot um, inevitably in the game it's gonna be worse yeah so I was a uh, very very nervous to play uh, this week's playthrough um, but I will say um, in the very beginning, uh, you know, if you look back at us, the first episode we did, I was playing on easy mode. I eventually did bump it up to normal mode. Um, I feel like I had my best week this week in terms of playing, in terms of actually like how good I am at the game. I think this was my best week. And I think it may be in part because I saw the show first and I kind of knew what to expect. So I was, <laughs> I was, I was in game mode, you know, when I started, I was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to be upset, but we're going to get through this. <laughs> That's sort of how I've gone into every week, just knowing, just knowing regardless <laughs> of what's going to happen, that I'm going to be upset. Uh, that has been a lot of my experience of The Last of Us is I'm going to be upset, um, yeah. especially as we've gotten further in week to week. Uh, but let's talk through it. Um, we we get to the end. I definitely thought Joel died the first time that I died trying to escape from the hospital. I thought that yeah. was the story and that was the end of the game. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, you're like, Joel <laughs> dies, they take Ellie and they cut open her brain. What a terrible ending. Yeah. Uh, the first time, I didn't, the first time I did not understand that was a me failure. I just thought, you know, mm -hmm. the way that sometimes in the game, the story beat is you get caught or you trip or you pass out. I was like, oh, my God, the story is Joel dies. <laughs> um, but that, spoiler alert, is not actually what happens. Thank goodness. Uh, but there is a lot of running, a lot of fighting. I'd say, not, honestly, not a ton of plot in this section of the game until we get to the end, really. Um, and there yeah. has been lots of controversy around the ending of the show, which is really just loyal to the game. Um almost shot for shot faithful to what happens in the story of the game and i am looking forward to hearing your thoughts on uh how that plays out but first we're gonna you know 
fight some infected, fight some more infected, get to the fireflies, fight a bunch of fireflies, mm-hmm. uh, and then there will be a little bit of story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we start off like where we left off, although it's been uh, seemingly there's a time jump in between the end of the last section and the beginning of this section. Much more springy outside. We're in Salt Lake City, so we've made the trek all the way here. Um, and it very much like plays true in the show where Ellie seems off and uh, Joel is doing the like dad thing of trying to like, you know, cheer her up. Oh, I can teach you a guitar. Um, like I'll be so excited. Like we can, act- and this is like, it's, I love how this is like a, a through line with, um, him telling her he wanted to be a singer and her being like, you have to sing and him refusing. And now he wants to teach her d- guitar feels like a big, a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about you, but I was on a team looking for stuff all throughout these cars on the highway. There's like a there's a camper van you could find a couple of things in. Yeah. Um, well, anytime I don't think I'm under immediate threat, I'm going to spend even more time <laughs> looking for stuff because you never know. And then you start to see when the stuff comes in and it's like, OK, well, now I have to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there's like this conversation where Ellie talks about like this dream she had, but very much you get the vibe of like Ellie is forever changed by what happened last time we played, even though it's been a few months, you know, it's still looming large in her brain. Yeah, It um, certainly feels very recent in the playing of it and also in the depiction of it in the show. Um, I think far more time has passed than we are experiencing but it doesn't feel like that much time has passed in the game. Yeah. Uh, certainly not for Ellie suffering from this trauma. Exactly. And they're getting closer. I think it's also, a, a, you know, we're getting closer and closer to actually getting to the hospital, which is like the goal, right? I know every time the goalpost gets moved <laughs> where we get one place, and it's like, oh, no one's here. Got to go to the next place. Um, but they feel like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be the final stop. Um, and I think that there's a lot, there must be a lot going on in Ellie's head, right? It's not just, um, the trauma she just experiences, which would be enough, but also the, the idea that, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure. I hope that what, you know, whatever I have is able to be made into some kind of cure. And also, um, the idea of like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to be separate from Joel, maybe, but we're going to come back together. It's I think there's a lot of a lot going on in Ellie's mind in these moments. And I, I like how they portrayed it in the game and on the show. It felt real. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of expectations riding on this moment. And she doesn't really have a lot of control over, you know, whether it works or not. All she can kind of do is show up and and hope for the best. Because uh, she's not a doctor. She's not a scientist. She just has something special going on in her blood, it would seem. Yeah, um, which is interesting that we, in the show, they actually show us what happened with yeah. her mother. And, like, she was giving birth. And as she was giving birth, she got bit. And so, seemingly, some of the cordyceps transferred into Ellie before her mother was able to cut the cord. Um, which I feel like, I don't know about you, but like I had kind of had this in the back of my mind that that's what had happened, that her mom had somehow gotten bit while she was pregnant and that's what gave Ellie some kind of immunity. So it was nice to have that kind of speculation verified on the show. Yeah. And this is where we get Ashley Johnson, the voice actor from the game playing Ellie's mom uh in the show and i was really confused at first um because like even the sound of her running 
is so specific and I'm so familiar with it at this point yeah. that I was like, is that Ellie? It's dark. I can't quite see. Is this like a flash forward? Um, we've been playing around with time a little bit. Uh, and then I figured out the situation, but I just knew for sure that that was her because it still sounds, even though she is, of course, 10 years older and our voices change a little bit over time, um, it still sounds so similar to this person I've been listening to talk for the last two months uh, in the game. Yeah, it was wonderful. I love Ashley Johnson. I'm a big fan of Critical Role um, that she's a big member of. And I loved like her getting to be involved and getting to be the mother of Ellie. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, she had such an amazing scene. I th I thought that um, at first I was a bit like, oh, my gosh, we're wasting 10 minutes of a very, very short finale on yeah. a flashback. But I do think it was worth it. I thought it was really moving, especially seeing the history with um, with her and uh, and Marlene was particularly impactful um i think it, it added effect of like okay it's even harder to watch now what's going on knowing that that's how ellie was brought into this world it was also uh the only infected we've gotten for i don't know three episodes it's been a minute uh, yeah <laughs> um i know this is something i think that's been going around in the discourse as well uh and something i've been sort of like playfully annoyed about um but i think is a major difference between the game and the show uh by nature of medium but i think also a little bit in what they want to focus on um is that the the game you are constantly fighting off infected even in places where it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to be right um that where there are like established civilizations and you would think by now they've eradicated all the infected somehow we have to fight them uh, whereas in the show, the infected themselves don't seem to be as much of the threat anymore. Now it's more like, okay, but they still could be out there and it still would be better to find a cure than not. Um, but they don't seem to be as much of an imminent threat in most places um, to the point where we really have not seen any actual infected for quite some time. Because uh, even the one that we saw three weeks ago was in the flashback in Left Behind. Right. Um, they're not nearly as much of a, or the one, the single one in the American Girl store. Yes. Um, they're not nearly as much of a present threat. Uh, but in the game, we're going to fight a whole bunch of them on our way to the hospital. Oh, yeah. So we're we're in the bus depot now. Um, and we have this scene. I know you struggled with it a little bit in terms of, your game seemed to be glitching a bit. Um, a, a huge moment in the show and in the game um, where apparently this has been uh, hints have been dropped all over the place throughout the game. Neither one of us picked up on it, but we are going to meet some giraffes that have uh, escaped the zoo after the after the pandemic happened. Um, and we get to pet a giraffe. Now, I got to pet a giraffe. Did you get to pet a giraffe? No. <laughs> No, and I kept trying. I restarted the quote unquote encounter. Right. Uh, the the little button kept showing up, like the little uh, prompt one. to press yeah. the triangle. And I kept pressing it, and nothing happened. So I, yeah, did I think not it get was to feed the giraffe. I didn't get to pet the giraffe. <laughs> I got to look at it. Um, I saw a really cool image, I'm guessing on Twitter or maybe on Instagram, that Bella Ramsey posted. Uh, 
where like nothing was real except the giraffe. They're in right. like a blue it's screen blue. room. Yeah. The entire environment is manufactured, but the giraffe is a real animal. Yeah, they brought in a real giraffe. I know some people thought it was CGI because they had used like they did use CGI on the real giraffe, which makes it look a little bit faker than it actually is. Um, I loved this scene when I when I saw the giraffes. I I was so excited. I know there are people out there like, oh, it doesn't make much sense. Like, how can they survive in this environment? Blah blah blah. I don't care. Me, I love the those giraffes. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally didn't care. Like, I I thought it was beautiful, and um, it was so moving to me because we had just like we we seen Ellie like she's been in a really bad place mentally. And to have, I mean, obviously physically too, um, but to have Joel like witnessing her joy at seeing giraffes was, it was such a happy moment. Um, and it felt really big. Like it's hard to explain. It just felt like a very big moment. I know uh, my husband, he was sitting next to me watching the show and he's just like, this was the thing I was worried about you getting spoiled on. Like I didn't want the giraffes oh, wow. to be spoiled for you. Because, I mean, I'm a big animal lover as well. So like, I think that's probably part of it. Um, but I thought that it was so wonderful this game's that a lot of it is like move 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 there's not a ton of time to dilly dally unless you're looking for stuff but like the in the moment where you just see like the herd of giraffes just like walking around the city that's now covered it i think they're on like a, some sort of field park or something and you just, you could just stand there and watch them walk around and it's beautiful i absolutely loved it yeah uh it is kind of like echoes of the original innocence of Ellie that we would get when she's like, look, it's my first time on a boat. It's my first time on a horse. Um, yeah, I've never been in a car these, before. <laughs> yeah, all in these like dire, scary circumstances. And she's still, you know, excited to be experiencing something new. Um, and it has kind of seemed like we've moved past that place in her life where she can experience that. Um, and then we get that moment here with the giraffes, even if temperately speaking, they are not the animal that it makes the most sense to have surviving in Salt Lake City in a cold place, yeah. whatever. Listen, uh, they've, no, adapted. <laughs> they've adapted. They've adapted. Cute I guess something, uh, something in their post-apocalyptic pandemic genes means that they can uh, hang out in the mountains, even though they're from like, you know, the Serengeti or something. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, yeah, um, so that is a lovely moment. Uh, yeah, my game glitched a whole bunch because then later a uh, a bloater. Remember those? Remember how there was one in this show like four or five episodes ago? Well, there were two of them at once here. Uh, I I fought more bloaters this week than the game had than the show had in the entire season. Um, yeah yeah i, I think that... just like disappear and reappear on top of me without me moving <laughs> yeah i think if there's one thing like if we want to say because I, I i loved the finale of the show i thought it was wonderful it it felt well paced to me despite the fact that it was pretty short i guess if we really wanted like if we if we were going to add like 15 minutes to the show um I could have used a um, an infected encounter like we had to to do here. But before we even get to that, um, we do have this conversation between this cutscene between Joel and Ellie, um, where he's saying because they're they're very close to the hospital, and he's saying, yeah. "Listen, we could turn back now. Like we can go back to Tommy's. We can live our lives there. You don't have to do this." And she says, that, "What was it all for? Then it needs to be worth it. it. We need to, you know, there has to be a reason all of that happened. So many people have died for this. I've killed so many people, 
it, we need to fulfill this thing. We need to see it through. Uh, no half measures, basically, um, which is a little bit of foreshadowing for for later what's going to happen. But it is really sweet. Like, I think that because we jump through time in this game and in the show so much, having these cutscenes are really important to establish. Like, there has been a lot of growth and a lot of closeness established between Joel and Ellie in the couple of months that we haven't seen. Right, for sure. Um, we get this, uh, you know, they're sort of having these additional conversations about how she's kind of like how she's feeling. Cause she's seemed a little different. Um, and then we're gonna, uh, move on and, and like f- fundamentally I remain in the camp and we will talk about this further that this is Ellie's choice. It's, it's Ellie's body. Ellie's the person on the line here. And the only one who should get to make that decision is her, regardless of how old she is. Um, And, you know, a lot of people are trying to make choices for her uh, in opposite directions. Um, And ultimately, it should come down to her decision. And uh, it doesn't. Yeah, no, she doesn't get a choice here. Um, As we make our way into like some some Fedra tents. Um, we're able to gather some supplies, upgrade. We get our final like upgrading of the tools. Get like one of those little plier wrench thingies. Yeah, another like toolbox. I think this is another reason why I was kind of surprised. At, I like I knew it was the end of the game, but I was also surprised at how quickly it came because there were so many more upgrades I could still do. Yeah, and, like, I didn't have the means to do them. It's not like I was saving them for later. I was using all my gear, all my gears, and all my skill pills and stuff. Um, I had tons of additional like potential for upgrades and then all of a sudden the game was over and I'm not usually, I'm not used to a game where I haven't like maxed out all my stuff by the end. That's how I felt too, because I had been saving up my little gears for, um, the, I forget what it's called, but so like your gun gets like stabilized when you're, when you're shooting, Mm -hmm. when you're aiming, um, and I couldn't afford it when I got to this workbench and I had to go for something else. I don't even remember what I picked, but I went for something else. Oh, that was the skill pill. Sorry. The the wrench and stuff I picked. I picked a bunch of different guns because I didn't really again. I had the the ability to know what was coming up. So I was like, OK, I'm probably not going to be sniping a lot of these people in the hospital it looks like he goes on a bit of a rampage so probably not worth it to upgrade that's funny because i sniped so many of them (laughs) yeah we'll talk about the differing strategies (laughs) because let me tell you uh we vastly differed uh this this time in the playthrough that's Um, fun that's exciting yeah um so we get the moment where ellie again we i already knew this was about to happen because in the dlc i had looked through ellie's stuff and saw that she had the photo of joel and sarah but we get the i still thought that it wasn't it didn't uh impact my enjoyment at all on the scene where she gives it back it was very very sweet that she has that and gives it back to him I mean, yeah, he's finally no, willing I to really accept it, too. It. And right, that we've reached this point where Joel is willing to talk about Sarah. Um, I think we saw, I can't remember if it's this week or last. I think it's this week uh, where he talks about how, like, they would have been friends. Yes. And they were, oh, yeah, because he's like, yeah, no, you're definitely different. Um, and Ellie's like, oh, well, how? <laughs> and he says, uh, she's more girly. Not that you're not girly to Ellie's immediately like, I'm not. <laughs> It's not an insult to say someone's not girly if they're not. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Some people just just aren't feminine, you know? That's totally cool. Me and Ellie are not here saying we're not girly. (laughs) 
uh, and this is also where they added a scene in the show um, where Joel has this scar on his head. He said someone tried to kill him once and didn't succeed. And we find out that it was him. It, it was him who tried to kill himself after um, after Sarah was killed the day before. Um, and something in his body reacted in such a way where he like he twitched or something that prevented him from succeeding in the act. Um, and so that is all additive to the show. Um, but in the game, um, we get this scene and also in the show where, uh, she says, oh, time cures all wounds. And he says it wasn't time, which said, I really love the way both the game and the show plays Joel as like, he is not the most sentimental type, right? Like he's not going to come out and say the words you healed me. You know, he's not going to say those words. I love that the way they phrase it is a way Joel would say something like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, he is, you know, he's a gruff, grizzled guy at this point. Uh, and I think he's shut off a lot of those more emotional parts of himself after losing everyone that he cares about. You know, he lost his wife, then he lost his daughter. He and his brother have been separated for 20 years in not a particularly comfortable situation um and so he didn't have a lot of room in his life for emotions and for caring about people because mm -hmm. nothing is like a given in this world you don't know that you're going to get to hold on to anything um but at the same time he's continued fighting all this time and so you know that there is something deep down somewhere that he believes is worth fighting for. Uh, and certainly now he has that more concretely in Ellie than he's had in a long time. Yeah. And I love that. I love the way they, they do it in this, in the episode and in the end in the game. I thought it was just so, so emotional. So just like, yeah, this is where they are at this moment in their lives. Like it, it makes sense. Um, and it's nice that we had this really lovely conversation right before we go into the underground tunnel and deal with a ton of infected, like so, so many, so, so many infected. Um, Zed, I'd like to hear your experience first of, of how you got through what starts out as like a group of uh, seemingly runners and clickers. And then we move on to uh, and one bloater and then we move on to another section with two bloaters. Yeah. Well, ironically, it's the section with the two bloaters that spoiler alert, I absolutely crushed. Um, but so we have the first, the first group and I was fighting those. Okay. And then as I mentioned before, and I like, my goal is always stay up high on top of something. And I don't understand how these things that like cannot see and can barely control their limbs are climbing on top of trucks. Yeah. I'd like to speak to somebody about that. Um, but if you stay up, they at least have to take time getting to you. That gives you time to shoot them from a distance. Um, and so that was working pretty well until a bloater glitch, glitched through time and space from like 20 <laughs> feet away from me on the ground mm -hmm. to up on top of me out of nowhere. Um, and there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. Uh, second time around, it went better. Um, and then I was sneaking along, sneaking along. I was like, these other guys don't know about me. Fine. Great. Oh, there's a door over here. Let's go find some stuff. Uh, I accidentally backtracked because, again, yeah, you no got lost for a little bit. Game. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then I came back to the door and I understood like how I'd gone the wrong way and where I needed to go. But of course, the and I don't like leaving 
like sneaking past infected always makes me nervous because it's like, well, then if I find more, are they going to come running also? Right, and now right. I'm dealing with two encounters at once instead of one. Um, and so it was time to take them out this second time. But I was like way up high in a corner somewhere. Um, and so I threw one of my trusty nail bombs, my new favorite thing in this game. Um, and the first one didn't hit anybody, but it got them all to run to where the explosion was. And, and this has been my new favorite thing is throw it. And then someone comes to investigate it. And then you either shoot them or you throw another one. Um, I threw another one and it killed all the non bloaters, all four or five of them with this yeah. one explosion. And then I threw a Molotov and it only set one bloater on fire. But then for some reason, the other bloater was like, hmm, something's on fire. Let me go check it out. And then it was also on fire. And then they both just fell over. Yeah, it was wild to me that you were that the bloaters were killed by just the Molotov because I felt like never happened before. Yeah, they usually wander around on fire for a while. Yeah, Um, and then the fire kind of burns out. And, like, you got to shoot them once or twice and where that would not have worked before. Now it works. But, like, the fire itself does not usually do it. Maybe the game was like, we're so sorry. Uh, We've (laughs) messed you up a lot recently. So, um, you know, we're just going to lay down. We're good. We're we're, we're, we're done. Uh, I will be taking apologies from the game as I explain to you (laughs) what happened to me. I'm still still angry about it. I'm still so so seething. So let me tell you, I start this thing out and because the first grouping, like we talked about, was just like clickers and runners. So I'm, I'm hitting them with arrows, you know, like I'm, I'm taking them out by stealth because I'm like, I'm not getting them all hot and bothered running at me. I was able to get past these ones. No problem. No issue. Able to take them all out. Continue on my merry way. We got a bloater, right? We got the single bloater. Okay. No problem. Molotov. Uh, fire gun. What the hell is that thing called? Never will I ever remember what that thing is called. Flamethrower? Flamethrower. Flamethrower to the face. <laughs> um, fire dead. gun. I, fire gun. Blowtorch. Whatever. It shoots fire. Uh, done. Easy. Nailed it. Go to the side. There's like a couple of runners like in a really narrow hallway. And there's a bunch of stuff you can collect. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not today. Not today. Threw a Molotov. Killed them all instantly. I was very proud of myself for that one continue on my merry way and then we got like the mac daddy of encounters with all these clickers and runners and dose bloaters two bloaters so i was like Mm-mm, i see all your bottles like let me tell you the amount that the people in the pandemic drink their sorrows away astounding the amount of bricks and 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 bottles everywhere what are they doing in towns when most like you know how in like uh like california right there are not a lot of masonry buildings because of earthquakes they're mostly framed because they can bend easier with Mm -hmm. earthquakes what are they doing out there they must not have any bricks like i don't know (laughs) the bottles at least it makes sense for them all to be lying around where did all these bricks come from and there's bricks like in sinks in toilets like who put this here um but i did grab one and i was like "Mm mm-mm chucked a brick gathered them all to their doom uh and that is when i started throwing things like you said nail bombs molotovs whatever uh and so what i would do is i'd get them all caught you know get the bloaters especially caught on fire one comes snooping around right snooping around this camper van i'm hiding behind blowtorch to the face a fire gun Uh, what is it (laughs) flamethrower to the face Killed instantly. Great. So now I'm stealthing because everything, everything's dead. Every last thing is dead except a single bloater and one runner that I didn't see. I'm stealthing. I, I have my blowtorch out. 
I am ready. I am at the ready for this thing to get close enough because we all know you cannot shoot the flamethrower very far. It has to be very close. I did increase its range at the first opportunity I got. It's a very good choice. That made a big difference for me in the hospital. Yeah, we'll talk about that because that was ingenious, I will say. Watching you do that was ingenious. So then Bloater gets really close to me. I'm 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 creeping. I'm crawling. I'm stealthing. (laughs) Freaking Ellie shoots her gun gets its attention and then immediately a runner comes up it's attacking ellie i have to turn my attention to ellie to help her because she has that little red plus mark above her head like Mm -hmm. "Eh, i'm in danger so i go to try to kill that one bloater comes rips my face in half i had to start the entire thing over and i was i was i was so upset i was so i was like ellie i should throw a molotov at your head for what you did (laughs) you ruined it and i I dare you to come at me on Twitter and say, oh, NPCs can. They can, and they did. <laughs> she shot a gun. She got the attention of a runner, and I died, and it's her fault, and I will never forgive her. And that's yeah, my story. They also say, like, you know, uh, infected, ignore your flashlight. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I just don't believe it. I understand I think the only game is the runners that. don't, because the runners can see. The clickers right. do, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know about the bloaters, because the bloaters don't seem to have a face either. I don't understand because the bloaters, you would think if clickers can't see, bloaters can't see because bloaters are are later clickers. Um, Yeah. And yet they always manage to throw their weird fungus bombs directly where I am. Yeah. Through like solid metal beams and stuff that I'm hiding behind. They're like, no, you're still going to get caught in this cloud. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Leave me alone. Yeah. But I will say, like, both of us seem to really nail this encounter. If not for Ellie, I would have gotten it in a single shot. But we don't, you know, moving on from that, we nailed it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was so thrilled. And the chat was like, Jess yeah. is going to be so mad at you. Yeah. No, I did a great <laughs> job. I'm not mad at Zed. I'm mad at freaking Ellie who ruined my perfect encounter. Still upset. Um, so yeah, so we get to this part where we have to like lift Ellie into like a caged room. There's a secret clicker hanging out in the corner. We got to kill it. Uh, we move on to our worst enemy in this world, the water. Um, let me ask you, Zed, <laughs> and I don't care. Okay. People are incensed by the drafts. In my opinion, take your anger at the drafts and aim it towards the fact that Ellie cannot swim. We months, months, Zed, and I know it's cold. I understand. You know, we're, we're going from winter to spring. I get it. Find a freaking puddle. Find a lake. There's water everywhere. There is so much water all over the freaking place in this game. It's upsetting. It's upsetting, Zed, that Ellie still cannot swim. Yeah. Uh, I said in the Discord, um, the show forgot the 20 minutes where you try to put a ladder on a pallet for no reason, which I sure did. Because uh, yeah. I was like, all right, I can do the puzzle. I got it. We're going to have to swim. Oh, this was unfortunate for my stream because I got up to go get something and I took a break. And uh, I think that the chat had to listen to him saying, I think I could swim under that um, for about 10 minutes straight. <laughs> thank you for sticking with me um we did swim under that uh had to come out a couple times while i figured out what direction was the right way to go because i was like i will not drown i do not accept that fate yeah um, get the pallet loose okay you climb up you knock the pallet down you jump down ellie goes across uh okay but what about this ladder oh the ladder's gonna fall down of course it is I was like, okay, I'll put the ladder on the pallet, and then I'm sure you want me to push the pallet across with the ladder on it because you love pushing things. Um, 
And so the, the chat let me do that for a while. And then eventually I was like, guys, am I on the right track here? Or am I just wasting Yeah, time? and there was and a, a barrage of no's. Just like, yeah, no, this is not, no, this no, is not no. Right. I was like, okay, well, then I'll stop trying to put the ladder on the pallet for no reason. Uh, you have to um, go back. You have to take the ladder with you somewhere and then pull it up and then bring it around and then put it back Listen, down. And- in the finale of this game, like right, we're in, we're in our final playthrough. We both know that. I didn't need the ladder puzzle game. I didn't need the pallet play. You know, Ellie, learn to freaking swim before we get to part two. So help me God. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't need this. Like it, it didn't take me long to figure it out. But it was still like, I don't need this right now. Like, we're trying yeah. to get to the hospital. Let's go. Not, not especially interesting uh, pacing-wise at this point in the game to be right. like, how do you get from A to B? I don't care. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And then we had more water stuff where you have to like, I, I, and I think this is new. And you seem to struggle with it too. And again, if not for having my husband next to me telling me how to fizz, like what buttons to press to do a thing, I, I, I don't know if I knew Joel could jump. Like, I honestly don't think I knew he could jump because we've never had to jump in this game besides, oh, like, yeah. grabbing on to, like, lift ourselves up. You know what I mean? I mean, I did jump to my death once in, like, the second week of the game. That, yeah, you did um, do that. <laughs> I instinctually press X to jump because that's the jump button in most games. Yeah. Um and occasionally, and I guess it's what you use to jump over things in this game. You vault something. That's um, a kind of jump. Uh, so I kind of figured that's what we were doing, but it doesn't specifically prompt you to jump. Right. Uh, and it's not like that is a common mode of movement. Uh, so it is a little tricky. Yeah. And so we got like, there's like, we're supposed to be jumping from thing to thing across this, like, oh, like water rapids. Basically you fell off at one point. I think you even had to like restart the encounter because the water was so strong. I did. That was, I, that was weird I, to me that they didn't have a way for you to like navigate because it didn't happen to me. But like, you'd think there'd be a way to navigate that without having to. I didn't even you could restart an encounter, to be honest. Yeah. So the the water is like rushing. You're like in rapids, essentially, and you're jumping from like crashed truck to like air duct vent um as you're moving across and if you fall off, you get stuck in the water and you're just like bumping up against a truck and there's there's no way around it. You can't swim under it. Yeah. You can't go over it. You can't go through it. Um, Must restart. You have to restart yeah. it. Uh, and the game does not give you any hints that you're screwed. It will let you sit there because Lord knows the game loves to tell me when I'm doing something wrong. Um, but it had no interest yeah, in no helping me. No hints this time, game? No, no hints? Nothing. Uh, L3. Sometimes you get stuck and you have to restart. <laughs> nope. None of that. No, Thanks. so we get, uh, we run, we jump, we eventually get stuck in this bus. Um, we eventually get out, but then we have to go save Ellie as she still again. I'm going to reiterate: Did girl can't swim. In case you forgot, can't, can't swim. swim. Uh, go save her. Um, interestingly enough, you had like a teeny tiny cutscene that for some reason mine skipped. Um, where he is uh, attempting to give her CPR, and that is when he is approached. Mine, like, as soon as he grabs her out of the water, it was like, boom, we're in the hospital. Oh, um, wild. I don't know why it skipped that moment. But, but yeah, so we get this, like, very, very important cutscene where uh, we find out, yes, cordyceps grow in the brain, and in order for them to uh, make a cure, make a vaccine, they have to remove that, meaning uh, they are going to kill Ellie in the process. 
of doing this brain surgery. Um, and we meet, we, we reintroduced to Marlene here meet and we're here. like, girl, how the hell did you get here? <laughs> well, she came straight here. She didn't go try to find the fireflies in 16 other locations. Oh, that's fair. Greater United States. And you know what? Maybe her entire group can swim. So maybe that was also helpful. Seems like that would speed things up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. Things escalated very quickly here all of a sudden. And this is definitely a moment where you have to like really be paying attention to the dialogue to follow exactly what's going on because it is going to trigger the rest of the events of the game. Right. Um, and for folks who were upset or anxious about this, there is a Slate article where they talked to like uh, an infectious disease doctor, maybe, or somebody who works on vaccines, who was like, yeah, you, you just, you take a, take a biopsy. Yeah. You don't need to kill the person. Lobotomize her. Like, what are you talking about? Um, So is this realistic science? No. Uh, Does it make sense? Even in the context of video game science, not especially, Um, but this is, these are the stakes. Uh, This is a death sentence for Ellie. She has been fighting her way to her own death. Um, is essentially what we're being told uh, at this moment in time. And Joel does that math very quickly and is like, absolutely not. No way. We did not come all this way just so you can kill her. Um, And we're having another moment kind of like we see in the show with Henry and Sam. And uh, what is her, what is Melanie Melanie Linsky's character's name? Um, And Melanie Linsky saying, well, he's one kid. This is, you know, the whole world. Right. Uh, and Marlene is sort of saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I swore to I swore to her mother to protect her. And she's one kid. And this could save humanity. Right. Marlene is very much playing the this is harder on me than it is for you because <laughs> I, I knew her from birth. I was, you know, uh, and I helped raise her, you know. Um, very uh, shades of uh, of Harry Potter and the raising the kid for slaughter type of thing. Um, yeah. Marlene also, I think, does not know, has no way of knowing, uh, although you'd think she'd kind of guess, um, that, that Joel is not just a smuggler anymore. He is not just carrying her as cargo, right. but that like they have formed this father-daughter bond over the course of a year. Exactly. I think, I think it's she been sh- at yeah. this point. You know, you would think by by now, if he still got her and she's still alive, this is clearly more than just a, a cargo gig for him at this point. Right. And we do hear um, there's a few different recordings that we play uh, throughout this part of the game where we hear Marlene talking specifically about like, oh, you know, where are they? They're not here. And then, oh, we do. We did find her. We were in tests. We're going to find a cure like on and on and on. Um, but yeah, so she issues the orders to take Joel outside. Like if he tries to make a move against you, kill him. Um, and then we are Joel for the rest of this uh, portion of the game, creeping through the hospital, um, trying to figure out where the heck we're supposed to go. Um, I will say as much as you said, the last infected encounter was like peak. Uh, you felt like you had peak skills in that, in that encounter, right? Like you felt like you had killed it. I personally felt like this was this was my showing. This is where I nailed it. And I don't I couldn't exactly tell you why. <laughs> um, I just I was like I knew this was what I was most nervous about doing because I had seen Joel take out all these people in the show. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a lot of people I'm going to have yeah. to kill. Um, but, yeah, we start we start going through the hospital and basically 
uh, room by room. We're trying to find our way up to the pediatric surgery floor. Um, because in a in a in a post apocalyptic hospital, you've still got to take the child to her death in the pediatric surgery. It couldn't just be anywhere. No, it has to be pediatric because it's like there's drafts there. You know, Ellie loves drafts. Um, and uh, and yeah, this was interesting. We get some new guns. We get like an assault rifle. Um, but like I was I was flummoxed when I watched you play. And anytime you died, it was like completely restarted almost from the beginning or at for least the a, beginning of that. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually. And I don't know if this was true the whole time and I just couldn't tell. But certainly the first few times I died, I was absolutely just starting over and it was so disheartening. Um, later on, I I would like go into a room and find some guys that I knew I'd killed. So clearly I wasn't starting from square one, but again, this happens sometimes where when you die and restart, it can be more difficult because you're, you don't know the lay of the land when you're coming into it the first time you're like, okay, nothing has been accomplished yet. And at least I know that. And I know where I came from. So I have some sense of where I am, even if I don't know where I'm going, but when they keep restarting you, you have no way of knowing what progress has been saved. Like, have you accomplished anything? Yeah. Do they know where you are right now? Um, like, what is there? Because these are cognizant human enemies with guns who will shoot at you uh, and whose behavior will change based on what you are doing and have done. Um, are they aware? Like, how aware of you are they? And not knowing that when you restart blind is is really tricky yeah i especially really despise those damn helmets i got so many headshots that it's like oh you just knock their helmet off it's like no i hit him square in the forehead and his helmet is going around that how is this not (laughs) killing him um no i i found it uh i was finally making use of my smoke bombs that i had those i found very helpful never did Um, do that yeah those were helpful because they can't see you and so you're able to kind of navigate and kill them um i had a really fun moment with a nail bomb where i threw a nail bomb and there were a couple guys right there and i swear one got like lieutenant danned just like completely legs flying everywhere um, that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, there were moments where I was really, really in danger, um, where I was cornered in a room that seemingly was kind of surrounded. Like they were coming from both sides, from right and the left. Um, I somehow managed to stay alive. I had a few health kits that I was able to use throughout. Um, but I really loved the method that you employed of, I, and I didn't think about it, when someone gets super close to you, why not pull out the fire gun? Why not pull out the blowtorch, the flamethrower, and yeah, smoke them? Yeah, you're shooting fire, at literal fire at them. They're not coming any closer to you. In fact, they are backing away. Yeah, uh, so great. I Back into your that. friend, and I'll get both of you at once. That's definitely what I did on several occasions. Yeah, I wish I had thought of that. I definitely didn't. Um, but I will say, I made it through this entire encounter, and I did not die once, and I cannot tell you how. I didn't wow. die. I made it somehow through and I I would say it's because like the way the way I did the first bunch of rooms I don't know what else to call the first floor of rooms I went room by room I was very methodical of like I'm gonna cover these back three and then go up and like a grid system almost of like making sure I got all of the 
ammo, all of the looking for stuff, like every possible thing I could get and killing room by room. So, okay, two guys in here, take them out, search the room. So I was very methodical about it. That may have helped me, probably some luck involved as well, um, as well as like trying to use, I know I used a, a points bottles and bricks to distract the guys, get them in one location, nail bomb explosion. Uh, that really helped. Um, but yeah, I did. I made it through without dying and I don't know how, but it happened. Yeah. I just like, couldn't get my bearings in this map at all. I had like very little sense of what direction I was trying to go. What, direction i'd been already um like i recognized the room with like the hazmat suits in it or whatever it was those are probably you know like surgical scrubs but to me they look like what people wore in uh in chernobyl when they went in to you know check radiation levels um Mm. but that was like the only landmark i could really sort of bank on that and and the place I kept restarting after I died was right near a spot where a lot of guys like to come hang out. So I did keep throwing nail bombs there to be like, there's going to be like five of you here eventually. Somebody will hit it. Yeah. Um, and that did work a little bit. And I would do that. What finally came to be successful for me, besides the flamethrower, I almost said the flame gun. Um, <laughs> I'm so you're sorry. Infecting- Uh, i'm cordyceps (laughs) here to make you say flame gun (laughs) um what became successful at a distance was getting them together with uh some sort of distraction i i still do not instinctually throw regular bottles or bricks i just throw exploding things Mm -hmm. um but having them come to that point that I know they're going to be at and then using El Diablo, my still my favorite gun, uh, yeah. to zoom in with that great little sight dot and get them right in the face, uh, that worked for me a lot. And being able to pick up more of that ammo along the way was also good. Like getting to the AK-47 is, is also important because, boy, they're just like letting it rip on you. And, and once they start, yes. you like can't get in a shot in return. And it's really tricky. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you've, you know, exploded five of the AK-47 guys at once, all of a sudden you have all this ammo for your machine gun, uh, and, and you can fight back a little bit. Yeah. It was interesting because I very much went with the method of like, oh, they gave me this gun. I probably should use this gun, but I do think there were times where I could have picked, um, one of the guns where it's like. Uh, you hit him once and it's a really big hit because it took uh, what I ended up doing. I would get so nervous with this gun that has so many bullets that I would just be like, and just like shooting everywhere because the longer, maybe this is like a a crutch 22. The longer I went without dying, the more nervous I was that I was going to die because I really didn't want to break my record. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the longer it went, the more nervous I got and the, like the crazier my, my gun spray got, um, but but yeah, we make it like we had to go upstairs. We had to kill. It was like it was never ending combat. It really did go on for a, a good long while. And we eventually make it to the surgical floor. We make it to the room with the surgery where you encounter uh, a doctor and seemingly two surgical nurses. Um, maybe they're all doctors, three people in there. Um, and uh, you're basically forced. They're like, OK, well, you're going to have to kill them. Um, in order to take Ellie. Now, we had very different experiences here. <laughs> because I saw, again, I watched the show I watched the show first. Right. Where the nurse is like, he's like, oh, turn around. And I was like, he's going to kill them anyway. I just watched him kill a guy that set his gun down, right? So I get in there. 
I see the doctor. I kill the doctor immediately. I was like, yeah, okay, bye. Like, you know, you're holding a scalpel at me. Not a chance. You're dead. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess I have to kill these other two. Immediately shot the other two without a thought in my mind of like, I should maybe keep them alive. Like, they were dead too. Immediately. <laughs> that, yeah, that's I've not become, what I did. I've become the monster that is Joel. Um, yeah. Because uh... I was like, well, bye. <laughs> In contrast, I didn't want to shoot the doctor that was pointing a scalpel scalpel at me because I am of the opinion that if you don't have a gun, I don't want to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just not, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight, but this isn't a gunfight. Um, we, we didn't sign, neither of us really signed up for this. Yeah. Um, so I definitely hesitated before, like I was trying not to shoot anybody. And then the game like kind of made it clear nothing was going to happen until you shoot the guy that's threatening you with a scalpel, uh, even though I... that's not fair. Um, so I did, but then I definitely did not shoot the other two medical professionals in the room. Yeah, you were like, I'm just going to triangle and get Ellie out of here. Um, I think Will, my husband, told me that if you if you don't shoot the doctor and you get close enough to him, you like force him to use the scalpel on himself or something oh. like that. I don't know. Something like that. I'm very happy. It didn't come to that. No, I'd rather I just that's worse. take him out clean. Um, oh. But yeah, you take Ellie and you run. <laughs> you ended up getting into a, a situation where you got caught very quickly and you were like, Oh my gosh, that's the end of the game. <laughs> Cause I think I didn't like, it didn't feel to me like it, because you can't fight. Uh, it didn't feel to me like an encounter. I thought I was kind of like running through a cutscene, basically, like how that can kind of ha- where you're in like an interactive cutscene where you have to keep moving, but like the events of the story are just going to keep happening as you move. That's what I thought. I didn't realize I was still in active, like need to escape, could potentially die, will potentially die. I think it, I think I died twice actually, um, in the process of doing this right. Because uh, also the first time I wasn't even literally running. I was moving, but I was not moving with speed. Um, yeah. I was not falling with style. Uh, I was just sauntering along with this child in my arms, thinking that, that the story was continuing. Yeah, I made it through alive. I didn't die here because um, I could see it was almost like the game was showing you where to go. Uh, the one time I got tripped up was I saw... <laughs> I saw a door that had an emergency exit sign above it. And I'm like, oh, emergency exit. <laughs> but it wouldn't let me go through it. Um, they, they really want you to go through those, like, open archways. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I spent so long looking for the freaking stairs in this game to get they, up in the first place. I was furious. Yeah, there was a lot of moments on Zed's stream of, where are the stairs? Okay, but where are the stairs? <laughs> where are the signs for the stairs? Um, could not find the stairs. But, yeah, once you get Ellie out, we get it, like, pretty much shot for shot the same exact scene as we do in the show where you run into Marlene she warns you like what are you doing uh like you're making the decision for her um you this isn't over blah 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 I mean, you were both make you were both making the decision for her everyone there is at fault no here informed consent involved in this decision yeah because I had immediately because I, I didn't find it abundantly clear in, in the show when I watched it like has Ellie had a chance to weigh in, you know, like, cause we don't see her at all. So we don't know. Um, and I think Will was like, no, they did, you know, she was just unconscious. They ran tests on her, whatever. And I think I am of the same opinion of, as you said of like, if Ellie says this is what she wants, 
you know, I know that she is 14 or maybe even 15 at this point. Honestly, it's been a year. Right. Um, and, but like in this world, um, she has been through more than most adults have. And I think that being that she also doesn't really have a parent or guardian, like I guess Joel would be her guardian. Um, it's up to her what she wants to do. And if she's not even asked, maybe she would. Maybe she would say, yes, take my life to save everyone else. Maybe she would say that. But we don't know. And yeah. so did Joel do something wrong? Yeah, absolutely. But Marlene did too. Like there's no yeah. no one is right here except for Ellie, who was the only one who wasn't asked what she wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, like Marlene and Joel are both are doing the same thing. Um, yeah. And some people are going to be really mad at me for saying that. And that's fine. You can be mad. I don't care. It's just for different uh, reasons. But they're both right. ignoring Ellie's consent, but for different reasons. Right. Um, is, is Joel's decision understandable? Yes. Is Marlene's decision understandable? Yes. Does that make it right? No. Um, like, yes, of course, Joel is going to do everything he can to save Ellie. That's what he's been doing this whole time. Um, and so that makes perfect sense. And Ellie is the only person who gets to make this decision. This is about bodily autonomy. I don't know if that's relevant to anything right now for any reason. Um, she gets to make this decision and people are saying to me, we're saying in the chat and I'm seeing it on Twitter is like, yeah, but if he let her make the choice, she would choose to do it. And I'm like, well, then that's, well, her, that's choice. her choice. Yeah, exactly. I feel the They're same saying, way. He's like, he doesn't want to ask her because she'd say she would do it. And I'm like, well, that's all the more reason that you have to, you can't make the choice for her. Right. I'm and adamant I think, about that. And I think for Joel, as much as we, and I mean, any parent would probably do this for their child right like we if we look at it that way it makes it i'm not saying like it doesn't make sense what he does it makes all the sense in the world why he feels the way he feels and why he does what he does but i don't think you can say it's an unselfish decision it is very selfish of him to do this because he doesn't want to lose ellie in the same way that he lost sarah right like he can't now that he has this attachment to her he cannot lose her um and to me that is like purely selfish right and on top of that lying to her to quote unquote protect her um you understand it right like i'm not a parent but i would understand that that is things that parents do to protect their kids they lie Mm -hmm. but it's also another selfish thing to do because what happens if she finds out you lied um is she gonna go back there you know she's gonna know that there weren't raiders uh that like the reason that she is in a hospital gown is because you took down everyone in that hospital to get her out of there so it's a really tough spot and i really really loved the way it played out in both the game and the show. I thought they did a brilliant job of like, it isn't an easy answer. It's going to cause a uh, divisiveness in, in people who watch and play the game. Um, and I really like that. I like that it's not an easy answer. And I can't imagine a world Zed where this is, this is where everything ends and they don't make a second game or a second season. Like, can you imagine this? This is just it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you can tell when they finished this game, this was not, they knew this was not the end of the story and they had a plan for how they were going to continue. Cause you don't, this is, you don't end a one-off game like this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but perfect, perfect tee up for game two uh, after they have the uh, swear to me, you're not lying. And he lies and says he's not uh, lying. Yeah. Really hard to watch. And especially Bella Ramsey, give Bella Ramsey every award. I'm All saying of them. like they, like their face just there the uh the like the okay that like what everything
everything in one word, just the yeah, okay. Because Ugh. she is choosing after all of this time, after all that she's been through, she's like, this is the one person I'm going to trust. And if they are going to look me in the face and tell me they're telling the truth, even if it doesn't quite add up to me, I have decided that like for my own sanity, for my own survival, for anything to make sense in this world, I have to trust someone. Yeah. And this is who I'm trusting. So if they are going to look me in the face and say, I am not lying to you, then for my own like mental health, I am going to believe them. Yeah. And so that's what Ellie does. And it 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 is. It's like a punch in the gut because you know you know she's being lied to. I think you get the sense that she she has like an inkling that this doesn't all make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, I'm in a hospital gown in the truck. You say there was suddenly raiders out of nowhere and now there are dozens of people like me. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to, to I mean, she she's no dummy. You know, we she's been around a while. Right. She knows. Um, and I think she's just been when you can imagine. Well, now they've had this drive from salt lake city back to where tommy is and she's had the time to process all of that right it's not a short amount of time she's had at least a few days to sit and think and process all of this and you can tell it's been weighing on her when she does ask the question of like you have to swear to me um so plenty plenty of uh of stuff there for a part two um i'm really excited obviously we're probably not going to get a season two for like what like two years at the very least so yeah um, that's gonna what be i've been way. hearing uh i said <laughs> i as soon as i finished the game i immediately texted josh and i was like you expect me to wait a year to play part two um and i was talking about it in the discord and and i can't remember who responded with a year that's cute um it's gonna be a minute it sounds like and i have also heard i don't know if this is official official but i think it is certainly the industry rumor going around that part two is going to be at least two seasons uh yeah i've heard so, that as well yeah so uh we'll, we'll we can say it now um we're not waiting uh, two years to play half a game that's not happening yeah no, it's definitely not going to happen. Like, there's zero percent chance I can wait that long. Um, especially when we're looking to not be spoiled on things, feels impossible. Two years to not be spoiled on something that is going to be—it's it's such in the conversation. Um, so Zed, why don't you tell everyone the plan for moving forward? Where do where do we go from here? Sure. So the headline at this hour is that Jess and I are going to podcast our first playthrough of part two, and we're not going to wait for the show. That's the the short, the, sh the long and short of it. Um, as you may have heard from Jess's plugs on this and many other podcasts, there's a lot going on in the podcast space right now. There's a lot of TV happening in the next couple of months. Um, so once Jess is finished podcasting about Yellow Jackets and Succession, which are both wrapping up at the end of May, then we will come back with part two of The Last of Us, the first play pod. Uh, I will be streaming it. Uh, Jess is thinking about streaming it. I'm thinking also. about streaming it. If I'm going to brag so much about how well I'm doing, I feel like there has to be video proof <laughs> of like this happening. Evidence? Yeah, yeah you don't have any anybody giving you a hard time when you're doing poorly other than no. Will. Although I will say my husband can sometimes be a backseat player and I'm like, I know I got it. All right. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the chat is very good at letting me flounder. So, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so we don't have an exact return date yet, but uh, stay subscribed to this feed and you will see us in approximately two months with the start of part two. Um, in the meantime, if you still need a video game fix, the Final Fantasy podcast will return. Uh, the Final Fantasy feed is still active and we'll be back. I will be back next week with my old co-host, Adam H., returning to take him through Crisis Core, the Final Fantasy VII prequel game, uh, which I am almost finished with over at twitch.tv slash hope. Adam's going to play that for the first time, so you can catch new episodes of that dropping on Saturdays in the Final Fantasy feed while The Last of Us is on our break. Um I've got some other stuff coming up as well, but Jess, what are you going to be up to the aforementioned uh, TV marathon of the spring? So much. Yeah, we are finishing up our succession rewatch, which has been happening all month long. Um, we are nearly finished with everything. So go check out. You sound out. so about this thing you did to yourself. I, I, I'm, I'm having a lovely time. I'm just also very tired. <laughs> so I'm really happy to be finishing that up. Uh, as Ed mentioned, Yellow Jackets is coming out. We have one preview podcast already released. There's going to be another one coming ahead of the season two premiere, which I'm so excited to dive into. Um, we're finishing up Community season five, and then we're going to be taking a break from that. As Ed said, so much happening with Succession and Yellow Jackets. I need to focus my attention elsewhere. Um, and then, of course, on Shit 90 Show Stop Me, we're finishing up season five of Dawson's Creek. So we'll be diving on into the final season of Dawson's Creek. Um, so check us out over there and you can find me at the just sterling on twitter excellent uh so coming up for me as well in addition to the return to the final fantasy podcast myself and dj labelle klein also known as troy if you are hanging out with us in the discord um the two of us will be covering the new apple tv plus anthology series extrapolations uh it is an eight episode six week endeavor um sort of speculative fiction-y, I think, uh, looking at the uh, potential future of Earth uh, as climate change continues to escalate. Very, very topical and present and a good opportunity for Troy and I, who talk about politics constantly offline, um, to bring some of that to our podcasting for your ears to hear. So you can catch those episodes. I think they're going to drop Mondays um, in the Binge Show Recaps feed. Uh, the first three episodes are out now on Apple TV+. Plus Extrapolations. Uh, in, uh, ridiculous cast. Just nothing but names on names on names, including Meryl Streep. So many for, names. For one episode. Meryl Streep is in an episode of the yeah. show. Um, but check out uh the imdb if you're curious because it's just all, all of the people are in this show uh that apple tv money really really coming in big mm -hmm. on the actor budget uh additionally i was just on silent podcasts with sarah and sean covering episode six of the first season of australian taskmaster um oh, lots yes. of fun happening over there i'm really glad they got me to watch it it's a lot of fun you can check that out as well um, I think that's about it. I do just want to say, given the exact moment in time that we are in right now, which is Saturday, March 18th, uh, some really gross news came out in the Survivor community yesterday about a former winner who I don't wish to speak about um, making a really gross vote in the Kentucky House or Senate somewhere in the Kentucky legislature. Uh, I just want to say it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, that trans lives matter, uh, queer, queer rights are human rights, trans rights are human rights. 
Uh, and if you have the means to donate to any sort of LGBTQ charity, especially in Kentucky, um, but so many other states are facing the same kind of legislation right now, to please do so. Uh, there's been an outpouring of support, particularly from that season's cast members, but from lots of other folks in the survivor community around this issue. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, spend 30 seconds on Twitter and you'll find out, because I was trying not to know, and I know, Um that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but if you want to talk to me about it further, you know where to find me at Hard Rock Hope on Twitter. Uh, until then, folks, stay safe out there. Um, take care of one another. Tell somebody you love them. Uh, rewatch the season. Maybe don't for your mental health. <laughs> I don't know. Um, lots and lots of things going on here at Post Show Recaps. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Keep up with us in the Discord in the meantime. And we will see you in a couple of months with more The Last of Us taking on part two with our first play. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.